Well, it has been a session in two parts. First, the US had strong numbers, including a standout set of employment numbers from the ADP. That increased speculation that the Fed will taper sooner, which ironically saw shares fall and bond yields rise. Then, Joe Biden is reportedly content to cut the size of his corporate tax rate, and that helped shares back a little. But the taper story is the main concern, and all eyes are going to be on that. If the non-farm payrolls is strong tonight, does that seal the fate of a faster taper? Uh, The market seems to be thinking so, even if not everyone is so sure on that, as you'll hear today. It's Friday, the 4th of June, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it was a bad session for the Aussie dollar, which lost more than 1.1% overnight. Part of that was because the US dollar has lurched forward, climbing about 0.7%, most of that midway through the session. That's on the DXY, but it's up about the same amount on the Japanese yen and the euro. The pound is down half a percent, but the Kiwi is suffering the same fate as the Aussie. In fact, the Kiwi dollar is down almost 1.5%. US equities are down a 1% fall in the NASDAQ, 0.3% down for the S&P 500. The Dow is pretty flat, uh, but after some of the early losses were paired back uh, because the Nasdaq, for example, was down 1.5% soon after the market opened. And the Reddit brigade, just as an aside, they've been at it again. Followers on Wall Street bets have been cajoled into taking AMC Entertainment to the moon. And yesterday and today their share price doubled. When will they learn? I wonder. Now, there have been falls in European equities as well, a quarter percent down for the Eurostoxx 50 and a 0.6% fall in the FTSE. And bond yields are up. Ten-year treasuries up four basis points to 1.62%, up to 1.63% earlier. And it's the highest level now for a couple of weeks. And commodities are down a 0.2% fall in Brent crude, but sticking above the $71 mark. Copper down almost 3%. So some sharp moves happening here. Let's get the lowdown on all of it with Gavin Frey. And senior market strategist at NAB in London. So, as I've said, really two parts to the day with equities down, even though the data was really good overnight, including the jobs data. Uh, so there is this expectation that the non-farm payroll numbers may also be very strong tonight. And uh, that'll seal the deal when it comes to uh, early tapering of asset purchases from the Fed. At least that seems to be the conclusion, doesn't it? Yeah. Good morning, Phil. Well, I think uh, a number of different themes driving markets in Europe and the US on Thursday. I'll come to that uh, data in a second. One of them is the geopolitical story about uh, Joe Biden's administration issuing an executive order to Uh, double down on the bans, uh, banning US individuals from investing in Chinese companies. I think that really, that that, that news was out in the APEC region and investors there looked through it. Europe and US had another look at it and we learned today that um, he's actually issued the order. Uh, We can talk about that in a second. I think you're right, the elephant in the room is still... um, the, the whole issue, the uncertainty around Fed tapering of its asset purchases, when will the conversations about this begin? And I think it's the recent recent commentary from some Fed officials that has basically just unnerved a few people about whether it might come sooner. We don't think it will, but you know, it's the market reaction that matters. And we saw that in spades today with the reaction to the strong economic data that you that, that you mentioned. So ADP private payrolls, you know, looking market looking for 650,000, well above that at 978, so close to that million uh, private jobs. The correlation between the ADP report and the jobs created in the non-farm payroll, which we'll get later today, it should be said, is not great. Um, but the bond market reaction, I think, you know, is telling. So what we saw was a decline, a small decline in break-evens or in 
US inflation expectations, only to the three basis points to 245. But this as real yields, i.e. inflation protected tips rose, what, five basis points, while nominal yields only rose two or three basis points. The read through against the backdrop of the taper talk uncertainty is stronger US economic data could see the Fed taper sooner and thereby lessen some of the generous policy accommodation. Um, and, theref- and therefore, investors can be, if you like, a little bit less anxious about inflation getting out of control. The Fed, in other words, won't be so far behind the curve. I'm taking, I'm guilty of taking several steps there. Um, taper talk is one thing. Actual tapering is another. Rate rises are a whole different thing. But that's the market thought process. And it's backed up by the half percent or so rise in the dollar trade weighted index uh, because, you know, you get higher or less negative U.S. real rates and you will get a higher dollar. And um, now if we're right and, you know, come the 16th of, of, of June when the Fed meets and Powell pushes back on this and says we're nowhere near tapering, taper talking, well, then we'll get the opposite reaction and real yields will fall back again and the dollar will fall back. But, <laughs> we'll you know, we, we've, we've, but, we've, we've but, got to get through payrolls first. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's going to be our point. So all this is happening because non-farm payrolls obviously is what the Fed looks at for jobs numbers. That's tonight. And if they are very strong, then that's going to push even more talk about early tapering of asset purchases. And, you know, it's being supported by people. As you said, there are people in the Fed, like Robert Kaplan, has been saying time and time again, he was at it again today, uh, saying they need to start talking about adjusting uh, asset purchases sooner rather than later. They've got to take their foot off the pedal sooner rather than later, in fact, was exactly what he said today. So uh, obviously that's feeding the market too, isn't it? Absolutely. And this, this discussion, I mean, I think, you know, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, he seemed to have a firm grip on this back at the late April meeting, you know, we're not anywhere near talking about this. It's fair to say that most of the um, alternative commentary is coming from non-voters. But then we had those comments in the last two weeks from Vice Chair Clarida and from the Vice Chair of Supervision, Randy Qualls. They're both saying, well, maybe that conversation, they're qualifying their remarks, it should be noted, about, you know, we need to look at the data and bits and pieces. But it's just adding to the uncertainty. The market needs clarity. And when you get numbers like we saw in the ADP, it's not a great barometer, but then we had also strong weekly jobless claims or the decline to 385,000. That's the best number since the pandemic. And we're getting back now on those claims numbers towards the average that we saw in the four years leading up to the pandemic, we were about 250,000. So we're getting down towards those kinds of areas. A little way to go. The other strong release, of course, was the US service sector PMI, the ISM numbers for May at 64 from 62.7. Above the market forecast, the detail there showed orders strong at nearly 64. Employment, again, it's the same story. Employment continues to expand, but at a slower pace of 55.3 from 58.8, you know, amid these hiring problems that firms are having. There's your warning about expecting too much in non-farm payrolls tomorrow. Employers are still obviously having issues. And then we get the familiar, the familiar rises in prices to new highs and supply deliveries getting longer amid the bottlenecks. It's still it's still it still puts the US, it's worth saying, Phil. You know, on the on the services sector, up at 64, it's above the UK, it's above the Eurozone. Uh, not so good 
on the manufacturing where the UK is leading um, and then the, the Eurozone is close behind. But we, it's, it, overall, we're getting around the world some pretty strong numbers on the PMIs, although it's worth saying, I suppose, the China numbers today were just a little bit softer. Still yeah. expanding, but just a little bit softer. Yeah, I, I want to come back to that because I'm wondering whether we've seen this fall in the Aussie dollar. I want to wonder whether you see that's part of it. Okay. But let's stay with yeah. the States for the, right. for the moment because the second half of the day, really, we, I mean, we saw those losses in equities paired back. How much of that is down to Joe Biden uh, pushing ahead with his infrastructure package? Uh, he, he He's now trying to compromise with the Republicans, isn't he? So uh, rather than pushing for that top rate of corporate tax, he's now thinking, well, maybe we get a minimum 15% corporate tax. So we scoop up all those companies that manage to avoid paying any tax whatsoever. Uh, now, those companies might not like it, but in, investors obviously like the, the sound of, you know, first of all, the stimulus moving forward but also perhaps that top level is going to disappear as well so is that the reason why shares picked up as the day went on yeah absolutely i mean again we should say we we don't know the full out of this story yet it's still kind of breaking mm. we don't know it's just uh, according to people close to the situation we don't know it's it's a way we, we know that talks have reached something of an impasse we know that the Biden administration needs to offer the Republicans something if they want to get this deal done um, because there is a chance that it goes off the rails particularly with, with minds on the midterms so it's certainly I mean that that kind of information is what you know we saw today just the, the, the stocks pairing back the losses they're still down but uh, to, to, to a lesser degree, and I think I think we probably need some confirmation of that. Of mm. course, we're not going to get it if we want to, you know, see something a bit more positive in terms of the equity market reaction. Now you mentioned the Cajun Services PMI, which fell yesterday. The numbers for May. So uh, yeah, the Aussie dollar uh, is down twice the level that the US dollar has risen. So and it, a similar story for the Kiwi dollar as well. So is 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 that just based on the, that, those weak numbers out of China or is Well, it- it's a strong dollar across the board. It's a risk-off market. We've got equities coming down as well. And then you're adding the Chinese um, uh, PMIs, which is really um, numbers that are more akin to the service, to the, to the SME sector. Uh, and I think there's, there's obviously a read-through there, but, uh, you know, it's not un usual for the Aussie, some of these higher beta currencies, for the moves there to be greater than you see in, say, the euro and the yen and, uh, you know, some of the old world uh, G7 country, uh, currencies. Right. Now, t- tell me about NAB's expectations for the RBA, because uh, there's been a discussion, uh, there's the, uh, the the official take now on what's going to happen at the RBA meeting next month, which includes extending QE, but reducing the quali- quantity a little. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, all eyes uh, are on the uh, 6th of July RBA meeting, you know, where we know that they're going to be uh, running the slide rule over the QE program and the yield control, uh, the YCC target. Um, And we now believe that um, the the, the RBA will um, extend QE. So when the 100 billion tranche ends in September, that'll be extended by further 75 billion Aussie for a period of six months. and the um, the RBA will not fo- will not roll forward its its its, its yield, yield curve control target uh, to the November twenty four uh, bond limiting purchases to the April twenty four bond. All right, and uh, let's let's have a quick look at Europe as well before we before we go today, because the final PMIs for May they've been revised up a little ever so slightly. Uh, 
a lot of that was because of a, an upward revision for the for the services PMI for Spain. Uh, but that was May. Uh, I wonder how they're going to do now because they're going to have fewer holidaymakers. It's interesting, isn't it? Today, the UK actually said that Portugal, the only place in the sun that's on there, uh, you know, the, the places you can travel to uh, without quarantine when you come back, uh, they've dropped it from that list. We've seen uh, IAG, which owns British Airways, their share price has fallen almost 6%. And the number of people testing to, to, for positive to COVID-19 is uh, above 5,000 in the UK as well, the highest jump since the 16th of March. And fatalities, though they're low, are rising as well. So it's mixed news coming out of Europe, isn't it? You know, sort of like PMIs might be looking good, but you've still got all these new strains creating problems and uncertainty. Yeah, I think we should put the, the, the strains into context. I mean, um, the whole point about the vaccination process is to enable citizens to live with that uh, virus. So it's just a timing um, thing. thing. It, it, so it the, is. So the, the commission's yeah. very clear that 70% of, of European adults will be fully vaccinated in a, month, in a month's time, and this will stand them in good stead. Um, relative mm. to the rest of the world. And so I think it, it, it is clear that Europe, you know, is opening up. It's clear that many of those destinations are trying to say, come on in, the water is lovely. The PMI numbers, you know, stand for themselves. I mean, manufacturers have been absolutely stellar and now services is starting to pick up in a really good way. You mentioned Spain, Italy as well was very good. Italy, you know, came in with GDP uh, for the first quarter was expected to be down 0. And it grew a tenth of a percent uh, thanks to government spending, um, housing, construction, those kinds of things. So things are starting to turn around and the recovery fund uh, actually has passed all of the barriers now and should be getting underway over the next month or mm. two. So all looking good so long as those numbers, uh, those virus numbers are contained in the vaccine rollout continues. Yes, yeah. as you say, it's all timing. Well, we get retail Indeed. sales for Europe today. We get Australian factory orders, UK construction PMIs. We get the unemployment rate for Canada. But really, it's non-farm payrolls, isn't it? I tell you, if non-farm payrolls disappoints, uh, given the way the market's reacted today, I guess we could see a sharp reversal, couldn't we, on the back of it? Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think the way the market is aligned at the moment, if it's a strong number, we'll get more of the same. That's lower break-evens, less negative real rates, um, and a higher dollar. But if the number is a, is, a, is a weak number, then we'll go back in and we'll reverse all of that. Absolutely. Right. Well, going to be interesting to see what happens then. Great to talk, Gavin. Have a great weekend. Catch you soon. And you, Phil. Cheers. And do you get the impression no one's entirely sure exactly what's going to happen next? Uh, but we'll find out, won't we? And I'll be back on Monday morning for another edition of The Morning Call. For NAB, I'm Phil Dobby. See you then.